Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I have a very special guest with us. I have Jesse Iwuji. Hey there, Jesse. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. How's it going? It's a beautiful sunny day in Las Vegas. How about yourself? It's sunny in Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, you're not too far from me then. Yeah, yeah, uh, probably about four hours or so. Not too far. Okay. Um, so, Jesse, I, I don't like a lot of fluff. I like getting the show just right into it. So why don't we begin by just telling us a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, so uh, for me, uh, originally from Dallas, Texas, uh, grew up there my whole life. Um, for those who know Texas, they know that football is king in that state. So I grew up playing football in middle school, high school, <clears throat> worked really hard in high school to eventually get recruited to go play in college. Um, the Naval Academy was a school that was recruiting me. So decided to go to the Naval Academy, play college football there for four years. Uh, played also also ran track while I was there. And then when I graduated in 2010, became a surface warfare officer in the Navy. So as a surface thank you warfare for your officer, service. yeah, thank you. Thank you. As a surface warfare officer or a SWO, um, I was on uh, two different ships for my first four years in the Navy. Um, uh, both of those ships, I went on deployments. I spent both of those deployments in the Arabian Gulf. Uh, when I came back from my second deployment, I had already been developing this like passion for cars and racing. You know, I had these sports cars that I was taking to tracks and stuff like that for open track days. But when I came back from that second deployment, I made this crazy decision that while still being in active duty, I was also going to pursue racing and I wanted to become a professional race car driver. And to do that, uh, I needed to basically figure out a way to get funding. I had to figure out a way to uh, get in a race car. Like, you know, how do I get practice? How do I do this? How do I do that? all these different things. But um, in order to even get the practice I needed, you know, going to a track and testing all the time is, is expensive. It's not cheap. You know, every time it, I had to go to a track, I mean, it was, you know, you're spending at least a thousand dollars every single time. So I was like, man, I got to figure out a way to do it for cheaper so that I can like get practice in before I get to races. So I decided to uh, try out this thing, which wasn't completely new at the time, but still in its early phases. And it's called uh, sim racing. So I would jump on my simulator at home. I have a racing simulator, uh, you know, seat, pedals, uh, shifter, steering wheel, all that stuff. Um, and, and I would sit at home on iRacing and I would train on there because the dynamics and everything was very close to real life. I trained on there for a few months before finally jumping into a real race car and actually did halfway decent in my first race. And that just showed me that I had a little bit of skill at this and I could continue to progress. I kept on progressing, kept on training on sim racing, eventually made my way from like the lower levels of NASCAR and the late models all the way up to now I'm racing in the NASCAR Xfinity series and the NASCAR truck series. So uh, to make it all the way up here and continue to train on sim racing has been huge. And that's what eventually led me to wanting to start my own esports company uh, called ERA right here. You see e-racing e association and we put on big sim racing events so people can have the opportunity to compete against each other for big cash prizes and feel like a pro. That is so freaking cool. I, you were possibly the coolest guest I've had on so far. <laughs> uh, now, Jesse, that's, there is a lot to talk about. And before we kind of get into it, I start every interview with a single question. So I'm going to ask you, just like I ask everybody else, so please don't feel special on this one, all right? <laughs> on a scale of one to 10, 10 being high, how weird are you, Jesse? <laughs> uh, very, very, because a lot of people like me wouldn't ever go down this rabbit hole of the journeys I've gone to to, to, to become a pro driver and all that stuff. At the end of the day, most people who are professional race car drivers started racing when they're five, six years old. They grew up in a racing family. A lot of stuff was pretty much given to them and they made their way up. 
Whereas for me, I didn't come from a racing family. My family doesn't come from motorsports at all. I didn't start racing until I was 27 years old. I had zero experience prior to that. And I just made it happen. And then on the same time too, when everyone pretty much told me it was impossible and it just wasn't going to happen. I was weird enough and, 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 and determined enough to make sure that I was going to make it happen no matter what anyone said. And I, I, I remember one time walking into a restaurant and uh, it was a res- privately owned restaurant and uh, the lady that owned it, um, her son was racing like an indie car, like indie lights or something like that. Anyway, she was spending a lot of money to do that. It's, it's expensive. So I walk in there and I was going to um, basically show her a sponsorship proposal to see if she could sponsor me too. And uh, that was a bad idea. But I went in there and uh, put it in front of her and I, I did my spiel. I thought I did well. And then at the end, she was just was like, you know what? Like, I mean, it's great that you're trying to go after your dreams and all, but it's just not going to happen unless you come from money or unless you have it already. It's just it's just not going to happen. And I looked, I remember looking at her and like in my head, I was just like, hold my beer. <laughs> I'm going I'm to make it. This was in 2015, like right as I was beginning to get into racing. Um, and five years later, six years later, I'm here. That is so incredible. And it happened so quickly too. Oh, geez, this could be a good interview. But before we do that, before we like really talk about the, the really cool stuff, in my personal opinion, uh, this is the Gamerpreneur podcast. So I do need your gaming cred. Yeah. <laughs> when, did, when did you first start playing video games? Yeah, so as far as gaming, um, I started gaming back in probably 1992, 93. I was probably four or five years old. That's when I first started gaming on Atari. My dad had brought back um, an Atari. Uh, I didn't know it was called an Atari. I was too young to know what it was called. I just knew it was like a cool thing that I'd never seen before. And the first game we ever played was a racing game. And uh, it was like a little like a Formula One type racing game or something like that. I don't even know what it was called. I wish I could find it. But I remember playing it. I was like, this is so cool. And now that I think about it, honestly, that might have been my intro to racing right there. I think that was. I don't think anything else. That that was it. That was my intro to racing. Um, Long exception right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I just figured it out right now. Wow, cool. Um, uh, so that, that was kind of my introduction to gaming. From there, uh, it naturally progressed to uh, Super Nintendo. So when we got a Super Nintendo, I remember when we went to the Walmart to get it, uh, at that time they had these packages and you could go one of two ways. Either you went the Super Mario way or you went the Donkey Kong way. For some reason, we decided the Donkey Kong way was the way to go. But we went to Donkey Kong and it came with a Donkey Kong game and I, we went through that whole game, beat it. Eventually I got Super Mario World, which is probably one of the best games ever. It's probably top 10 best games ever, which is how great it was, how long it was and how hard it was to beat. It was awesome. Um, and then right after that, definitely got to go with uh, Secret of Mana and the Final Fantasy 7 and 8. <laughs> I love it. You know, it's funny you mentioned Super Mario World being so good because, you know, I've played almost every other Mario game that's come out. Mm-hmm. And they just, there's something missing, right? Like, it just, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know what it is. Super All Mario right. World and, and Super Mario 64, two best Super Marios ever. Darn right. All right. And what do you play today now, if anything? Yeah, so as far as gaming, I don't do a ton of regular gaming, I would say. Uh, I would say on that front, <laughs> Pokemon Go is about it. Um, but uh, just on the sim racing side, now I'm, you know, I'm on my simulator every single day. So on iRacing, which you can call it gaming because... Oh, I do. And it, sure. Yeah, technically gaming. But um, I'm on there daily, I mean, two, two, three hours every day, like all the time. So I'm racing against people every single day. It's fun, uh, good times, and it's training. It's literally how I train to get ready for my upcoming races. 
That's so incredible. All right. Um, last kind of gaming question that we'll get into, you know, what you do for a living, esports and everything. Um, this seems to be a tough one for gamers and that's not a great way to frame a question, but I'm going to roll with it. If you had to choose one game as your all time favorite game, which one would it be? As my all time favorite game, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go with, uh, okay. Can I, would it be a, uh, franchise or just one yeah, particular game whatever. within the yeah. franchise if you give me a franchise i'll say well which one of those but yeah yeah oh man it's tough because really there's two um it, it's two it, it, it's the ncaa college football franchise and also the need for speed franchise i would say those two right there um and gran turismo but i don't know yeah it's tough gran turismo 2 gran turismo 2 is probably one of the is the best yeah one of the best racing games ever uh, too. yeah but need for speed underground and need for speed most wanted definitely got me into uh like the whole sports car streets car world a lot more um and then uh you know the ncaa college football games those though i mean those those drove me through college football i mean that's uh, yeah <laughs> i tell you i always got busted in most wanted i just couldn't get away like every time, five stars every time. They send everything at me. <laughs> I, I would always get away. I'd find a way. Even if I had to spend an hour fighting through it, I would get away. <laughs> uh, all right. Jesse, I this this is so cool what you do. Um, I would normally ask, you know, what's your professional background? But you kind of already gave us that one. Um, so let us... Tell me about your esports organization because you you kind of only just briefly mentioned it, and then we can kind of walk back and kind of talk about you know what your day job and then everything else. Yeah, so for uh, the esports organization is called E Racing Association and ERA. Uh, basically, what we do is we put on big sim racing events where we give out big cash prizes. So it allows people from all walks of life to jump on their sim and come compete and try to qualify their way in through a bunch of heat races and qualifying and all that to get into the main event. And during the main event, we give out, um, last event, we give out $5,000 in cash prizes. And, um, you know, for most e, most sim racing events, <clears throat> that's a lot of money. <laughs> so uh, we did that the last event. The first event, we actually did $10,000 because we wanted to come out with a big bang and really show people that we're for real. This year, uh, we're doing like 5,000 each event. So uh, it should be a great way for people to make some good cash, uh, cash, cash money. And uh, we're, the reason we're doing this is because there are other big sim leagues out there that are like, you know, all the uh, iRacing pros and stuff. Um, the only thing is with those series is like those guys who kind of made their way into that series. They're like they're the only 40 drivers that are in that series every single race, which is you know fine and all. But it doesn't really give everyone an opportunity all the time. Like we want to have an event that any given event, anyone can qualify their way in. You know, if you had a bad day on the on the first event, well, on the second event, try to qualify in. If you didn't make that one, try to try on the third one. If you didn't make that one, try on the fourth one. Like every event, it's an open slate. Everyone has the opportunity to get in. And literally, you can make your way up front, you know, finish in the top five and have an opportunity to win some good cash money. And and that's what we wanted to provide is an opportunity for people to do this and be seen. Uh, we're be, we've been streaming on all different kind of platforms, getting a lot of good viewership. And this helps, you know, uh, these these sim drivers as they continue to build their brands because sim racing is becoming its own sport itself, um, you know, outside of real racing. And uh, we want to be able to give people the opportunity to have a platform to build. Okay, that's so cool. Now, and what's what's your role at ERA exactly? And then what is it? Your what do you do day to day? 
Yeah, yeah. So my role, I'm co-founder. Um, me and Matt Casto, we pretty much founded this thing. We brought some partners on board who were subject matter uh, subject matter experts in their own fields, um, like uh, Sean uh, Yoder. He's, uh, I would say, a subject matter expert in the whole sim racing world. Uh, we brought on board uh, Tim Evans. He's uh, really good with IT. So he kind of handled all our web stuff, web development, all that. And, um, you know, eventually we'll probably bring in some other partners and, and folks to jump in to help out. But um, yeah, uh, for me, I'm just kind of the visionary. I try to cast a vision and do what I can to help normal day-to-day operations. Uh, we don't have a lot of day-to-day stuff to do, at least right now, because our events are kind of spread out throughout the year. But, you know, as we get closer to each event, we have a lot of different things to do, like, you know, making sure that we're able to get the membership stuff set up in the right way where people can sign up, uh, making sure that people are getting the right invites and this, and that. there's all these different things that you got to do to get a sim racing event going. So, um, Right now, we're not too busy. The next event's in May, but uh, once we start getting closer to about like the middle of March, April, we'll really start kicking up. Okay, beautiful. And why did you decide to start ERA? Was it just because you were looking for other people to race against to practice more or what was it? Um, I started it because me being a professional driver in real racing, I know how difficult it is to get to real racing and not everyone is going to have um, some of the same assets and resources and tools to make it happen. Um, not that they can't get it. It's just, it's just, it's tough. It's tough. And some people just aren't willing to give up what they got to give up to get there. So I wanted to create this alternative where, okay, maybe if you're not going to get to real racing, I'm going to give you an opportunity to feel like a real racer by competing in a big event against a lot of great people. And you can win money. It's not, you're not just competing for free. You're actually able to win real money, just like we do in real life. So, uh, I wanted to bring the real life to the virtual world and and give people that opportunity so you're, you're getting broadcasted um you're you're getting streamed you're getting a lot of viewers watching what you're doing i think our last uh our broadcast stream on our our page hit like almost a hundred thousand viewers but um i mean that's good i mean there's tv shows that only get a hundred thousand viewers yeah, that's <laughs> so, fantastic <laughs> yeah, yeah okay yeah. um Jesse, part of the purpose of my show is, is not just to have wonderful conversations with people, but actually to give advice to my audience on how people can follow in your footsteps in order to get where you're at. And so you started ERA in order to allow people that opportunity. What advice do you have for people to become professional racers like yourself? Um, advice I have for people is one, yeah, learn the industry, learn the business. Um, you know, most people think, oh, I got to go jump in a race car and practice and get really fast and then I can become a pro driver. Yeah, it's part of it. But um, there's other parts of it, too. You got to understand, like, the business side of it. Uh, racing costs money. And it's not like football or basketball where um, you got these teams that can just recruit you and they got all these different revenue streams to help support paying people to be on their team. Whereas in racing, um, these teams don't have a ton of revenue stream. So they really require sponsorship to keep the doors open and keep going. And if a driver is coming in and they're not bringing any sponsorship, um, then like they got to figure out some way to get this whole thing paid for because tires aren't free. Fuel isn't free, all that stuff. So anyone wanting to get into racing, learn the whole industry, learn the business side of it. How does a race team work? How do they get funded? How do they keep going? Like, what does it take? And once you learn all that stuff, that's going to help you learn, okay, where do I lack at? Where do I need to get better at? What do I need to um, go get? Like, what resources do I need to go find? Like, all that stuff. You got to learn it early. Don't just jump in not knowing what you're doing and all of a sudden, like, think that you're just going to make your way up because um, it's not as 
it seems on TV or what people want to portray racing is. <laughs> okay. Now you did tell us you kind of had to grind it out yourself at the beginning. Have you gotten to a place where you have someone doing that biz dev for you, or are you still kind of a businessman first racer second, or how does that work? Um, I call myself a businessman first and I happen to be a race car driver on the side of it. Cause that's the fun part. Uh, Cause you got to do all the business stuff first before you even get in the race car. But um, I do have a, a Matt Castle, who's also my partner in uh, e-racing association. And he uh, really works uh, like pretty much, you know, every day on uh, putting together sponsorship deals, different business deals and stuff for us so that we can jump into race car and, and race. Uh, so he's doing a lot of that stuff, um, which helps me focus more on some of my other business stuff, like with ERA, uh, focus on business stuff with my other businesses I have. I have a trucking business. Um, and also I put on real racing events, um, drag racing events. So um, it allows me to put time into that stuff so I can keep all the lights on. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay. As a business person, what do you think some of your biggest challenges are? Um, biggest challenges is just, you know, managing people, managing um fires. <laughs> That's the biggest thing. Managing fires. You got to understand, okay, how do I manage fires and continue to grow? Like The biggest thing is you want to always continue to grow. Don't outgrow yourself, but just keep figuring out a way to grow, be innovative and stay on top of things so that when a fire comes, it's not as bad because you've already grown a little bit and you can handle the fire. If you're just maintaining only and you're not really growing and you're not being innovative, you're not figuring out different ways to get better, then when a fire comes, it'll hit you really hard. So um, fires will always come. You just got to keep fighting through them. So um, yeah, just being resourceful, um, being creative and continue to push forward and figure out new ways to continue to bring in revenue. Okay, beautiful. Now, Jesse, I'd like to get a little personal if possible um, because it, it really is about the person when we're talking business, right? It is, you know, business our ideas are a dime a dozen. It's really about the person in front of us. So if you could go back in time, if we had a time machine that we were able to jump into and you could go back to say uh, when you're mustering out of the armed forces, okay? Mm -hmm. And you could give yourself some advice on what the future held for yourself, all the good, all the bad, the ups, the downs. And you could tell yourself, everything he needs to know in order to be more profitable, to do it faster, to do it bigger. But there was one piece of advice you had to give yourself back then. What would you say? Uh, number one, I would tell myself, whatever money I have in a bank account, go put it in Bitcoin. And then life would have been a little bit easier. But <laughs> no, but um, uh, I would say, uh, you know, this is a funny thing is, um, I developed this thought process and mindset that I have now. I didn't develop it like now or over the last couple of years. I actually developed it like in ninth grade. So in ninth grade is when I developed this thought, this, this mindset of being able to have a vision, a clear vision, um, start putting effort and energy towards it on a daily basis and like actionable steps like daily and not just a little bit here, a little bit there, like on a daily consistent basis. Um, and then learning that the journey is difficult, that like things will happen. Like it's okay. It doesn't, it's not a sign that you should quit. Like the, the only, there is no sign that you should quit. Like there is no quitting. As long as you don't quit, you stay strong enough, long enough, you'll make it to the end. So like instilling kind of all these different thoughts of, of vision, actionable steps, grinding through the dark and having faith and then never quitting. And then you actually reach your success, your destiny, your, your destination. I instilled all that in myself back in two, uh, 2001. Uh, so back in ninth grade. So that's where everything, that's the core of everything and how everything from there has blossoms. Because once I figured that out, I applied all those steps towards me going from a nobody in football to becoming a recruited college football player. 
And then from there, I instilled that, I, I, I used it again, uh, getting into Navy so that I could, you know, go from not knowing anything about being a surface warfare officer to being one of the best surface warfare officers on my ship, on my second ship when I, you know, was there. And then from there, I instilled it in myself again, uh, put it back and basically reload it again to uh, get myself, you know, put myself from, you know, being in the Navy to racing in NASCAR and starting businesses. So I just use the same concepts over and over and over to continue to grow everything. So there's not a lot I would have needed to tell myself back then because I already knew it, I already figured it out back in 2001. I just had to continue to do it. And I continue to believe that, hey, for me to get to the next level, to go to the level I've never been to, just keep going through these same steps. I literally told myself that before I got into racing and um, getting into business stuff, I, I was sitting down and I just, in my mind, I was like, okay, for me to actually make this whole thing happen, go back to what I learned in ninth grade, these steps right here, just keep following these same steps. It's the, the same journey again, just, you know, 15 years later or whenever it was. So um, yeah, that's what, that's what I did. All right. I love it. Okay. Now uh, this one is a little more difficult for a lot of people, but you see, I believe that we learn the most in our life from our failures, not necessarily our successes, because when you succeed, you may not quite realize what happened, but you'll, you'll roll with it. Right. But if you fail, you got to take a look at it. You'll be able to move past it and more move forward to succeed the next time. So I'd like to ask you, Jesse, what do you consider your biggest failure in life? And what did you learn from it? Um, as far as like fails and stuff, my belief in a failure is, uh, a true failure is when you quit. Um, so everything else that's happened to me has not been, uh, fails. It's been more of just me figuring out the wrong way of doing something. So, so let me so, ask, what was your, your most impactful learning experience? There you go. That's better. <laughs> so impactful <laughs> learning experience. Um, I would say, uh, Every single time something didn't go the way I thought it was, and it started going downhill pretty bad. So I've had quite a few times. I've, when I first started racing, I had a bunch of wrecks at first that year. Um, some of them were my fault. Some of them weren't. Um, I had one particular year where I had uh, some folks try to really, really screw me over, um, like financially, in, in a very, very big way. Not like a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars, but a lot, a lot, a lot of thousand dollars. <laughs> um, I've had some different things happen to me, but during those times, uh, my, what I've learned from those is that whole faith part. Like I've under, I've started to understand that life is a cycle and this cycle isn't a perfect circle. It's kind of like wishy-washy. It's all over the place, but it is a cycle. Like it comes back that that's the whole point of it. No matter what trail it takes it does come back and i've started to learn that okay if it's going to come back then that i have to understand that there's going to be a downside of it before it comes back up there's going to be a downside that downside could take a little bit it could take a long time who knows but as long as you stay strong enough long enough as long as you continue to push through and you understand that any setbacks are setups for phenomenal comebacks you will get right back to where you were and continue to go back up and that's what I just keep in my mind. Anytime bad things start happening, I tell myself, this setback is a setup for a phenomenal comeback. And guess what? Every single time something big and awesome happens. Like when bad things keep happening, 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 as much as it's like hitting me and it's hurting me, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. This is good. This is actually a good sign. I mean, something really good is coming pretty soon. Just keep taking these punches. I don't know how long it's going to be. It might be a month. It might be uh, a few days, I don't know, but something really good's happened. And every time it's been spot on, there's not ever been a time where a lot of bad things happen and then nothing good happened after that. There's like, it just doesn't happen. Like as long as you keep the only time it will happen like that, where a lot of bad things happen and nothing good happens after 
is when you quit. So as long as you don't quit, that good is coming. And, and it's just how life works. <laughs> that is a fantastic answer. And I can tell you are a true entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. You always know it when like, they give that answer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. One more fun question before we kind of bring this in for a landing, Jesse. Um, what is something that you're working to improve on yourself today? Right now, uh, things I'm working on to improve for myself is um, working on balancing my life a little bit better. Um, at first, when I was started on this grind, I really couldn't. I just had to go one way, and that was it, like straight, like <laughs> and just keep like going no matter what, who was in front of me, who was there, it didn't matter, just keep moving. But now um, I'm working on trying to balance it a little bit more so that like I can um, spend time with people that care about me and and all that stuff. So. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, we're st- I'm still on a grind, so I still got to continue to move up. But there is a little, um, I, what, whatever they call it, work-life balance, whatever that is. Um, I'm trying to like figure that out a little bit better because uh, you got to at, at some point. So um, that's what I'm working on on me to get better. Um, and then also just figuring out a way to level up. Um, the higher you want to go when you're building a skyscraper, um, you know, in order to have a very tall skyscraper, um, you got to have a very strong foundation. That strong foundation has to be deep. So the higher you want to go, the deeper you got to dig. And that's what I'm learning right now. <laughs> I love it. All right, Jesse, this has been a fantastic interview. How do people find you? How could they reach out or find you on social media, that sort of thing? Yeah, uh, they can just look me up on all the social media channels from Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, uh, TikTok, all that stuff. I'm on everything. I just look up my name. I make it real easy. I don't make up like weird names. I just put my name. <laughs> so Jesse Iwuji, that's J-E-S-S-E-I-W-U-J-I. And if you can't remember how to spell it, go on Google and type in Navy NASCAR driver. And I should be the only one that pops up for a few pages. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. Now as we wrap this up, do you have any final thoughts you want to share or anything I didn't ask you think we still need to cover? Um, I think we hit a lot of good points. Uh, just for those out there who are going after goals and dreams, just remember what I said. Um, setbacks are setups for phenomenal comebacks. It's okay to have setbacks and it's okay to have a lot of them. It's okay to go near bankrupt. It's okay to go somewhat broke. <laughs> it's all part of the process. As long as you continue to push forward, it's not okay to go broke or, or any of that stuff. If you're going to quit, it's not, so that's not, that's all bad, all bad. As long as you're not going to quit, as long as you keep pushing forward, you keep fighting every day. Okay. How am I going to figure this out? How am I going to push forward? I'm getting back into a corner. How am I going to fight my way through As long as you keep that mindset and continue to push forward, grind, be creative. If this one thing isn't working, then try something else different and take that risk. Keep on moving forward. But as long as you keep doing that, and you're doing it because you had a clear vision of what the end goal is, you will get there. Now, if you never had a clear vision of what the end goal is, you're probably not going to get there because you don't know where you're going. <laughs> so oh. it's not, the deal isn't done. So remember that, that that's where it all starts, the vision. Like you already saw where it's going to be. When you have a vision of the end goal, that means it's already done. Like universe has already set where it's going to be and, and what it's going to be. It's done. All you got to do is just get there. So just, why are you going to quit? <laughs> that is so good. Jesse, thank you so much for coming on today. I genuinely do appreciate this. Yeah, most definitely. Thank you. Thank you. And for everybody else, I'm going to remind you all, don't be just a gamer, be a gamerpreneur. preneur.